Hi guys, welcome back to Hear Our Voices. Thank you for coming back and listening to us and just getting some information that is be helpful to you and your friends and your family or anybody in the community who needs this particular help. Um, this is one of our, actually our most popular podcasts on here and also our most popular YouTube um, topic. So I wanted to bring it back to you guys because a lot of people have different questions for me about these topics. But before we get into the topics, we're going to be doing some um other housekeeping agendas, you know, so please help us to grow on social media. So please follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We're trying our best to grow on these platforms. So if you can help us out when you listen to us, share it out to your friends. If you think our information is helpful, if you think that the stories need to be heard from other people, definitely, um, you know, help us out in that way. And if you have any ideas for the podcast, um, definitely leave if you're on other platforms other than if it's on any podcast platforms, if they have comments, don't leave it there because we're not seeing those. Um, but if you want to give us ideas, put us on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter. We'll definitely get back to you as soon as possible. Either I would like it or I'll comment up about that particular thing. You can also do it on YouTube. I'll see it on YouTube. So just um, be aware of that. Um, so, yeah, so let's get into this city feps topic can you first explain what's in case somebody's new you know this is a part two explain what city feps actually is and how you qualify for it oh i'm sorry oh my gosh i'm so this is one i'm i'm sorry guys i'm starting off not that great but it's okay everybody makes mistakes right so we have this is our second time actually on this podcast and if you watch the Spanish podcast, he's also been a guest on the Spanish podcast. His name is Juan, and he's also formerly homeless in New York City, and he's also an immigrant. Um, so he has a lot of layers to him, and he worked in a lot of these um, spaces to help people who, like himself and people who are not like him to be able to have proper housing and things like that. So he's a, a very, very good person right now to give us the information that we actually need. So I'm going to repeat the question, so <laughs> in case he forgot it. And if you want to say a little bit more about yourself, you definitely can. Um, we want to know what exactly is City FEPS, who qualifies for it, and how do you get it? Sure. Thank you, Kadisha, again for having me. Uh, you know, join your podcast. I, I always find it very entertaining, and I'm always happy to uh, provide uh, information and also, you know, some feedback. So, yeah. So I, I'm I'm a policy associate for Citizens Committee for Children. Uh, and my portfolios are housing and economic security. Uh, there, I provide testimonies, um, you know, and I advocate for more housing um, funding and more expansion of of, of, bill, of bills and subsidies so more families with children can have access to stable housing. Prior to joining CCC, I worked for several years in homeless prevention. More specifically, I was a supervisor at uh, Homebase in Brownsville. And uh, there at home base, I was able to um, identify multiple uh, gaps with, you know, social services, public benefits, housing, uh, and much more. So with CDFEPS, okay, so CDFEPS, in my opinion, it's the best tool to assist families um, and individuals, you know, with stable housing. Um, so basically, City Fabs is a C, mostly city-funded uh, voucher. There is some federal uh, funding. There's there is some state funding, but the majority of the funding comes from city city budget. 
Um, so CityFabs, uh, CityFabs became a stream, was streamlined into one program in 2018. Prior mm -hmm. to that, I'm pretty sure you heard of Link, Link one, two, three. Um, I believe there's still one, one or two Links uh, programs, but there's that's for yeah for special populations. Okay. Um, and also there used to be a program called SEPS, S-E-P-S, yes. which was only for adults over the age of 18. So in 2018, um, Fabs basically was streamlined into one program. Um, so the so what CityFabs does, um, it has it serves two types of populations. Uh, it serves families who are at risk of homelessness in mm -hmm. the community. Um, let's say a family is renting an apartment and they have fallen behind in rent due to you know issues with loss of income, which is very common lately. Um, you know, reduction of income, and they're no longer able to pay their rent. So right, right as of now, City Feb's the way it works is that a family, uh, let's say they fall behind one or two months, you know, in rent, um, and their landlord takes them to housing court, right? So what City Feb's does is similar to Section Eight, that a, a, the person has to pay thirty percent of their income, or if they are receiving cash assistance, uh, City will pay what's called a shelter allowance. Uh, shelter allowance is, is, a, is a grant that it's provided to the landlord that um, it's, it's very small, a small amount uh, about, I believe it's $215 for, for one person and uh, I believe three or $400 for um, a family of, of three. The rest of the rent is paid by city feps. However, there are requirements of eligibility. A family who is in the community must have um, shelter history. This person must have been in shelter. Um, and also this person must have been taken to housing court within the last 12 months. So there is where there are some, I believe, strict requirements because uh, oftentimes landlords do not want to take families to housing court or a person has not never been in, in shelter. So there's some limitations with the requirement. Now there's also income, an income requirement for someone to qualify for city fares. The person has to earn under 200% of the federal poverty level, which my understanding is around 45,000 right now for a family of three. Okay. Um, in short, um, a single parent earning the minimum wage with one child would not qualify. So. Again, those are some some restrictions that prevent families from um, accessing city feps, yeah. and with that, um, and the rent, the rent cannot be over a certain amount. So let me give you an example right now of what um, a rent should be. For instance, um, if the unit, right, it's a two bedroom apartment, mm -hmm. and it's a household of three or four. It says a two-bedroom apartment. The rent cannot exceed more than $2,443, right? Okay. If, if the rent is $2,500, $2,600, what the family must do, or the, in this case, um, a, a person, someone from home base or another provider or at HRA, they mm -hmm. must negotiate with the landlord to provide a new lease at the maximum or below. 
Um, so, you know, HRA will not allow anything over that amount. And, you know, uh, that those are very strict regulations. But oftentimes when I work on the home base, landlords were willing to provide a new lease, uh, knowing that if a person owed six months, City Phelps would pay those six months back and right. provide on, ongoing assistance. So oftentimes landlords, you know, were able, were willing to reduce their rent, provide a one-year, two-year lease so that families, they can get their money back and also their, uh, their rent back and families can stay in their apartment. So that's people, families in the community. In shelter, families um, must, must stay in the shelter, be eligible for shelter, wait 90 days, uh, and then qualify to have the income, some, um, you know, un, be under 200% uh, um, level, have some hours, you know, working hours, cash assistance case if they don't, they're not working. However, and they will, and they will, they will have to find an apartment that's suitable, that passes inspection by um, the personnel from HPD or home base. And once the apartment passes inspection, it's in good condition, a family will be able to move into the apartment with CDFEPS. Uh, there are some bonuses um, for the landlords, $4,300. For the broker, it's 15% of the annual rent. Um, oh, however, yeah. I mentioned these this strict rules because, um, in recent um, in the recent months, through ongoing advocacy from you know ad, from um, advocates from FHC from the FHC fellows as well, um, a, a number of city feps bills you know a package what we call a package were right. passed by the city council with what's called a veto proof majority. Veto proof majority means that the the city council had enough votes in case the mayor decided to veto. Although the, the bills were veto, it, they were overridden by again by the city council. So out of, out of, as of now, the city feb's bill package is said to be, you know become a law. Uh, right. is, is, however, that's the the other part implementation. Implementation is going to take several months and funding. Okay. But uh, let me just tell you the bills that um, passed. So there were about four bills. Um, intro 878 will basically eliminate the shelter requirement and end the 90-day rule requirement to access uh, access city fab. This is huge because families have to wait, not just 90 days, first they have to wait between a month and two to, be, to become eligible right. for shelter. And then an additional 90 days plus more months uh, on average a year ago families were spending more than 500 days on average mm -hmm. in shelter that's unnecessary that's very costly wow. yes um, it is. so this bill will require you know will limit eliminate this requirement right in intro 893 right will also will eliminate the housing court requirement again this is huge uh with so many cases in court landlords were not able to you know submit um eviction uh, orders. So this will basically allow families who are in the community to bring a, a rent demand, something like a ledger, something from the landlord demanding rent, or if they, if not, you know, the person has to move out. So that's a, that will be sufficient with intro 893. Mm -hmm. Additionally, intro 894 um, would eliminate some work requirements and also would raise the income eligibility. Uh, for okay. families that before were not, you know, able to um, access. 
And finally, mm -hmm. intro 229 will prohibit the deduction of utility costs from the maximum rent, rental allowance. So there, this, this rule of including the utility cost, basic, it caused many, a lot of confusions uh, a couple of years ago because landlords were, were told that the rent was, let's say X amount, but they had to deduct utility costs, electricity, gas, and HRA said this, you know, this uh, amounts. So it's very confusing. Um, it is. <laughs> it's very confusing. I remember working at home base and looking at charts, deducting this when we already told the landlord that this is how much city fares was paying. Right. And then when we were ready to submit the package, we had to tell them, actually, it's going to be a two, three hundred dollars less because of utilities. It creates a lot of confusion uh, for everyone involved. So, um, you know, advocates were really happy to see this, this, this um, set, this package of bills um, um, to pass. But most importantly, in the next few months, um, you know, very well, we're going to be advocating to ensure that uh, these new rules are implemented. Right. Um, it's going to be very difficult for everyone because it, it basically requires more, uh, uh, more tedious work for caseworkers, for HRA, and now with short staffing and, uh, you know, budget reductions, you know, we are concerned that, you know, implementation is going to uh, take more time than needed. So when more, when a lot, so many families are in need of, you know, relocating or accessing CDFEPs, uh, these next few months are going to be crucial. It sounds like it is. Um, it's it's kind of weird that, not weird, but um, it takes so long for them to actually get to start doing the rules how it needs to be done. Because mm -hmm. I feel like while it, people are waiting for it to get done, families and single people and whatever who, who qualify for this particular thing are waiting and they hear the good news is happening, but you don't see the good news happening because it takes forever. And because of the shortage of workers, it's going to take even longer for things to even be cracked down on. Um, my situation with even welfare, because if you don't know, a lot of the, the money goes to HRA. So they are paying the, the, the rent, right? I had a case open from 2000. Well, I had it for a long time, but I did a fair hearing for 20, 2021. They called me. They gave me a letter this year. We're in 2023. And they gave me a call. And I'm like, I don't have welfare. Did you not see me a system that I don't have welfare anymore? So why I don't see the point of you. First, I should have done the research properly. But I'm like, why are you calling me so late? I say why because they have probably either overlooked me, or my case wasn't important enough for them, or um, they just overlooked me. To be honest, I, I don't understand why it would take that long for you to do a fair hearing. Or they don't have enough workers to do it, so it must be like years behind. But from twenty one to twenty three, that's kind of ridiculous to get to a person. What if I was starving? Like if I really needed the money right then and there, I wouldn't have that particular thing to be able to help my family. And that's the thing about it. We want all these things to be changed. I'm not saying us in general, but. We want all these things to be changed, but it should be done a little bit faster. But also, um, having the workers to do it is another problem in that thing, you know. So we want it to be implemented, but we need the people, the manpower to actually do it. Computers can only do but so much. We need manpower to do these things to kind of make sure it gets um done properly. The manpower and also streamlining, modernizing this the for sure the the system. Uh, this is something that uh, it's decades old. Um, it's not something that it has been uh, enhanced in many many years, and you know we have to go ahead, you know, go with the times, you know, where you know sometimes um, case managers or HRA continue waiting for a document for 
for for for weeks, for months, when they can access that in, on the on the system. And again, those are barriers that you know, it's not necessarily on the workers, but again, on on a, on a, on a system that is outdated. Right. And during the pandemic, unfortunately, there was a lot of turnover at city agencies, at community-based organizations um, that basically only make things worse. And the most latest mayor's management report was, it's very alarming because um, SNAP benefits, cash assistance, housing subsidies, renewals, applications have decrease on approval significantly. Um, cash assistance, I believe it's, it was, they were able to, by law, they're supposed to complete these um, applications within 30 days, right. um, 45 days, you know, some grace period, right. but only under 30% of these applications are being um, uh, completed in 30 days, uh, when a year, two years ago was 90%. So oh, we wow. got to tell you the 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 the, the number of, of issues that are, are happening right now. So um, again, with uh, also I noticed with um, with housing subsidies, oftentimes when we were requesting a renewal, um, it would take several months before the landlord would receive a notice, and then in between that, you know, you, you'll have the landlord constantly. Um, asking the, the tenant for for the CFS payment, and then would they would have to wait two to three months, you know, to hear back from from HRA. Um, similarly, with um, another aspect that we are advocating for is for um, a more modernized process for checks mm-hmm, for payments for, sure. for landlords. Um, I, I heard many stories on checks getting lost. To landlords or sent, yeah, <laughs> sent sent to the wrong address, right? Mm-hmm. Or oftentimes we're human, and when caseworkers or or anyone else fills an application, we do it, you know, by hand, right? And oftentimes a number might look different, a letter might look different, and that can disrupt right. significantly, you know. So um, now we're advocating. HRA has a pilot uh, where they're working with a few cases for right. direct payment to landlords um right. there's something that we want to expand to all cases so you know we'll make things easier for you know and avoid a lot of uh distrust and discord between landlords and tenants i didn't know they had that i think that's pretty awesome they have the problem with certain pilots i feel like all right they have their if you don't know they have an app called access hra yeah. I don't feel like, you know, honestly, if you've seen the app, it needs to be upgraded. A lot of the governmental apps looked very shady. They looked very, like, if you didn't know them, you think it was a scam. Because it just it needs to be updated. And with all the money they have, they, they can afford to do this. But for some reason, they all look stale. I don't know why. But mm-hmm. if we already have that app and that gives all your, you get your welfare money from there, and your food stamp money and everything else, you can see that information there. And you can even go to Fair Fairs, even do a Metro card there. And they're all connected. Why would they not add that to the app to be able to just make everything run smoother so you can see when it's getting paid? That's the real question. Correct, correct. Uh, and uh, oftentimes, uh, although it's, uh, I, I believe the access HRA was a step on the right uh, direction because it streamlines a sure. streamless process. Once families, you know, or what they're called clients complete their part of the application they submit 
you know, all the paperwork, they recertify, uh, then there's really not much they can do That's other true. than other than wait. And, you know, especially with, um, I mentioned the issues with people that need to renew, but for those who are in shelter, who found an apartment, who found an area where they they like, but their kids are going to go to school and they signed a lease, they have, you know, let's say 30 days to do so. And right. then the process starts and, and it's, it's time consuming. And there are delays with uh, specifically with number one, the first delay is the apartment inspection, right? Uh, right. Making sure that everyone everyone coordinates on, 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 on the inspection, then the paperwork. Once it's submitted, you know, um, the wait. Uh, oftentimes, again, there's a there's a missing number or 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 a signature that it's not clear. Uh, Evidence is sent back to to caseworkers at, at home base. Right, and you have to redo everything again. Then you lose time after the the first few days of the the, the month. Then right. they have to if it goes over, I believe the fifth day of the month. Right, you have you need a new lease. So oh wow that, yes you you need a new lease. I did not so, know that. Yeah, so instead of let's say being um, October first, if the application is not submitted by the fourth of October. Let's say you want to submit it for, uh, on a six, you need to you need to write change the lease for to start on November first. It makes sense because same thing they do like you know um when they want to prove that your income is they want it for a certain amount of time period so it makes sense that they would want it every month to correlate with the time people usually pay their rent because it's usually late after a certain day of the month so that makes yes. sense I never thought about it yeah yes however if let's say the application is approved uh, a couple of days later. Yeah. The landlord will receive what's called a prorated um, rent okay. for October. But again, oftentimes contacting a landlord and telling them, hey, we're gonna we you have to change the date another month when the application has been uh, you know the paperwork has been ready for you know uh, weeks, several weeks. So oftentimes clients lose on, on really good opportunities, you know, and that and that you know it is very frustrating because they're they put so much energy into um, an apartment and for some reason they lose it, start over again the process. So this happens a lot. And, you know, and then families spend, you know, several months similar in the community where families are um, experiencing the housing court case or um, want to stay in the apartment. It just continues to prolong because of a lot um, severe delays you know, in applications process and an outdated, um, an outdated application process too. I, um, so guys, you give me questions online between my YouTube channel, if you don't know I do YouTube. So on my YouTube channel and also on our Hear Our Voices um, page, so I wanted to take a couple of questions I can remember. What I should have done with six screenshots, but I'm sorry, I didn't do that. I took like one. So um, I want to talk about transfer because a lot of times people, they go into these city um, apartments, um, qualified apartments, and what a lot of caseworkers do because they're trying to get the numbers people of getting out of shelter, they kind of force you to go with the first one instead of looking at several apartments. And because of that, by the time you move in and realize what, what I got is not actually what you think it was. So be careful when you look at apartments, like any, any apartment, doesn't matter if you have a voucher or not, 
always make sure you look around, look behind things, turn on water if the water's on. Just check on certain things. If you would say inspections, some people have been in apartments, even they're supposed to get inspection for city fabs, and when they get there, certain things are still not done. And they claim the inspector really inspected. So I'm not saying all oh, the inspectors are bad. I'm just saying some people are not doing their job. So um, just be aware of these things. Don't take the first. I know you're eager to get out of shelter. I promise you. Um, if you're in a NYCHA apartment, just I'm not going to lie. You just take the apartment because it's very hard to get a NYCHA. But I'm talking about city fabs right now. When you're getting into an apartment, make sure you like what that space is. Um, try to look around for other things to see what might work for you. And I know it's hard to get into even an apartment, but make sure it's something good for your family because if it's transferring, is very, very hard. People are want to transfer and it's because they are short staff with home base and all these things and a lot of things coming up. It's very hard to move out. So it's better if you just stay in an apartment that you know is good for you <laughs> than trying to transfer every year. And moving in general is a lot of work. Like you got to pay for, um, so to move everything from one from point A to point B. But most times we, when I came out of shelter, I was able to get my stuff transferred from my shelter to where I was living. And then I got the city to pay for um stuff out of storage. So just be mindful of those things. Yes, the city can pay for moving expensive expenses, but things are taking longer than normal because, you know, ever since COVID, things have been backed up. So just be very mindful of those things. So I want to ask you about transfers and also if the rent changes. I know it's two different questions. I also don't want to forget um, about transfers and how people should handle those. Sure. Um, thank you. That, that, that is very common and it happens. Um, oftentimes, it's not because a tenant um, has done any some, anything to the apartment, but sometimes it just happens. Uh, right. um, transfer, what's called, it's called a good cause transfer. Right. So that's what, you know, HRA calls it. And again, the word, the, the phrase this says it good cost. Right. So what uh, HRA is looking is for the tenants to have a good cost to transfer, because like, like you mentioned, it's time consuming. It's costly for the client and it's costly for the city. And basically uh, there are multiple reasons to transfer. Um, mm -hmm. One, let's say, is the condition in your park, right? Right. Um, what I would advise uh, uh, people that have the city fabs uh, voucher is to document, right? Uh, document when you go into home base for uh, a good transfer request. Make sure you have documentation. You have pictures. Um, you called three one one to make a report, right? Uh, broken window or um, the heating is not working, it's 20 degrees, heating is not working. Make sure you report this through 311 because these reports get um, stayed on record right. and a caseworker can access HPD records. And with that, you know, and, it, and it ha if it has not been addressed in a specific time, it's sufficient proof for families to transfer. Right. But if you go into home and say, and you tell, uh, uh, and want to make a case, say, I want to transfer because uh, the windows are broken and doors are broken, but you have no proof. Right. right? And, you know, then oh, sometimes the case manager would have to do a home visit. Right. To, you know, ensure, take video of, you know, issues. Number one, the city will ask the, the case manager to talk to the landlord to see if they can, you know, re uh, make the repairs. But if not, then good cost transfer is necessary. Um, Homebase will do the, the submit the application, usually it takes 24 hours. Once it, it's approved, then the apartment um, 
search starts. Um, the person is given um, 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 I forgot the, the name is um, shopping letter, yes. right? So they can start looking for an apartment based on their uh, the amount of of, uh, people. of people in the household, their income, their portion, and the maximum rent. Now there is there's also a good transfer for Discord. You know, let's say you just don't get along with the landlord, uh, you just don't get along with a neighbor, right? Or if you're renting a room you don't get along with your roommates, right? right? Unfortunately, sometimes sharing an apartment is not easy. It's not. Uh, pers pers personalities, um, some people work in the morning, some people work at night. No, it's, you know, we're humans. Right. So um, those are also, again, make sure you have uh, documentation safety uh, in your building. Uh, let's say there was, a, you know, there was some form of violence in your, in your building, in the front door, uh, in the stairways, that's also a good cause, you, you know, for transfer. Similarly to issues with uh, domestic violence, right. um, you know, again, make sure that you document, you know, domestic violence. Um, HRA also wants to see that a person gets receives services for uh, for domestic violence counseling resources. So all those things needs to be addressed as well. And again. Once it's uh, transfer is approval is approved, then the family can start looking for an apartment. Now, it was me, my understanding um, up to a year or two years ago that once you um, once you are approved for transfer, right, the person, the landlord, mm -hmm. will now receive a, bon a bonus. Oh, wow. The bonus is also given when you move into um, from shelter. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, that's for FEPS. FEPS, it is. However, if you receive furniture allowance to move out of shelter, right? HRA will not approve another furniture allowance. Then you will have to need you will need to request assistance from a home base. Got it. Right. Um, and that's what goes to transfer now the rent. Right, you you uh, you think you asked me if the rent, um, if the person stays and their rent increases because you were saying that in the beginning, um, that when you get the person does the rent, right, they have to have a certain amount that they have to do, say twenty four hundred dollars, but if the landlord raises it after a year or two, like they tend to do, especially in these times, mm -hmm. um, what can a person still stay there? I'm asking because people ask me this question. I'm asking, sure. you know, do they still stay there? Or and who pays the extra rent and things like that? Sure. So there are different types of, of apartments in the city. Um, there is uh, there are apartments that are rent controlled, rent stabilized, regular market, um, and then for instance, regular market. Unfortunately, where it's a private house, a second floor, landlord lives on the first floor. Um, or not, and the rent is $2,400. And the, for the next year, the landlord wants to increase to $100, um, $200. If the landlord wants to increase more than $100, in my opinion, it, it is a sign that they, they, want, they want the apartment because, uh, mm. uh, and then that's also a cost for transfer. Okay. Right? 
Yeah, you can always request transfer because the landlord is raising the rent. That's also a good cost transfer. However, um, what HRA usually asks home base is to negotiate with the landlord, right? Mm -hmm. To talk to the landlord to not raise the rent. However, each year, CDFEBS does raise their maximum rent. Okay. But they go, they raise it at one, two, three percent, depending on what you know it's is raised every year for rent stabilized apartments. Okay. So and if you just it's a regular market apartment and you really like the area, right? Uh you really like the landlord, and let's say they get the rent went up a hundred dollars and City Phelps only raised their maximum to 50. Um it is up to that tenant to pay the difference. Okay. Which is, let's say it could be $50, $60, $100. I would not recommend paying more than that because um, you might agree to pay an extra three, $400, but we, you have to be realistic that you also have other expenses. Right. Uh, and when, you wanna, when you're gonna fall behind in rent, you know, that might be an ongoing issue. So, you know, but again, I, I didn't see much of these cases, but I did see where the rent went up like $50, $60. And the, if the person really likes the apartment and it goes over the CDFEBS maximum allowed, then it's the person's responsibility to pay that. Got it. What do you think people should know about CDFEBS, like in general, um, before they get into it, before they even apply for it? Uh, I, I, like I mentioned earlier, I think it's the best tool available for families to, in the city to, you know, move in a, uh, with a subsidy because it's, it, it matches section eight maximum rent. Um, it has really good incentives for landlords and brokers with the bonuses, um, has flexibility with, you know, uh, income because after the person moves in, the maximum rent for renewal is 250% of the federal poverty le um, level. Okay. Uh, I would, if the person has city fabs, I want, I would like to, I would let them know to make sure that they certified ahead of time. Usually you get the, 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 sure. the, the letter three months ago, do it right away right. Uh, because it does take a few months to, for renewal. You don't want to do it. Um, the last day, you know, you have until September 30th and you submit it on 29th, you might right. get um, a, a subsidy disruption. Right. right? Um, and if you want to make an adjustment on your income, let's say when you move into the apartment, you were earning $2,000 a month and your portion was 600, but now you, you're working less hours and you're earning 1500 and your portion should be 450. Right. So when you submit the pay, pay stops, you know, then you will have a reduction on your um, portion. So make sure that um, when that happens, you don't have to wait until the end, the end of the year. You can go to home base and tell them I had an income reduction. I need my portion to be recertified, adjusted. Right. So as with any subsidy, um, just make sure that you have documentation, that you keep it, you know, uh, you know, at hand that you submit documentation on time and that uh, and stay informed. You know, like, like I mentioned earlier, there was some CDFEPS bills uh, packages that were uh, voted by the city council. They're supposed to become a law, but it takes time. 
right? I remember um, about two years ago when the rent maximum for city feps went significantly higher. Mm -hmm. uh, I had clients and landlords telling me, hey, the city feps uh, went up, landlords. I, I, when I'm going to get more money? And it doesn't work like that. Right. Uh, so um, stay informed, right, for families who, you know, and you can go to uh, uh, the website just and just Google city feps voucher. Right. And you can you can see the city feps facts, you know, facts and questions and facts and stay informed because there are always changes. Um, That's true. <laughs> watch the, you know, watch the news and make sure that you have the correct information. And if you have city feps, again, make sure you have the documentation and submit everything ahead of time. Um, it's oh another thing that with city feps. Um, it's supposed to provide families assistance for five years. I was going to say that, yeah. However, after the fifth year, um, every year, uh, the family needs to submit what's called um, a good cost for continuous service. For instance, if a family receive, receives Social Security income, right? Yeah. That's their only income. Um, then, obviously, the person cannot afford a two thousand right. dollar rent, so those are good, you know, good. Um, but if the person starts earning more money over the limit, then right. they might lose the, the, the housing subsidy. Or if a family still has small children, you know, city HRA will continue to approve the the, the house. It doesn't mean that after five years it's over. So you know, right. uh, you know, uh, people should know that that it's not. It is. It is a rule that after five years, every single year, it has to be revised to see right. if the family still needs I, assistance. I think people don't know that because I thought that too. And I was thinking about it, like even for cash assistance, they find a way to override it in New York City and a lot of states to make sure as long as you have usually kids or a certain age or whatever, it give you still cash assistance. I don't think it's the same amount, though, but I believe they still give it to you because I had I was over on that for over five years. And I still got it because I had my daughter. Um so just be aware of that, those kind of things. Yeah, they said five years, but as Juan said, um, if you have certain circumstances, see if you qualify in that box. And don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to advocate for yourself. Don't be afraid to Google. Like Google, a lot of things out there was kind of like, mm, mm -hmm. but a lot of things are out there on Google and the rules are forever changing. And you see, um, we as advocates are always trying to change something to make it better. So I would assume that if there's an update, and we said 10 years, that would qualify for anybody who's in it now to retroact, like, go on, wouldn't it, Juan? Yes. Yeah, so just look out, listen to this podcast, stay around, I'm just saying, we're always updating stuff. So um, anything like that, any big stuff, we usually put, like, Twitter, TikTok, you might put some updates on here um, and on Instagram. So any updates like that, we're definitely here to give it out to you. We're here for information. We're here to provide certain things for you and your family. Um. We do not want people to suffer. I know it's, it's hard being, we're both formerly homeless. Um, there's a lot of people were just, we're just talking about this. Me and Juan have been in the trenches of being homeless. And we are here to show you that homelessness is not your identity. And mm -hmm. it's, it's not who you are, but it's a portion of your life that you went through. And we're here on the other side and we're making it better for you. We made it better for ourselves. And we hopefully make it better for our future children. Um, and know that you're not always going to be down. You are going to, you're going to be a better place one day. 
So if you listen to it before you got in the shelter or homeless in general or in your shelter right now, you listen to this and like, I can't make it, but I'm going to tell you, you can make it if you're a person who's in, who's out of it right now and maybe end up back in the shelter. Because sometimes it's a cycle for a lot of people. Um, but we want to help you break that cycle to make sure you and your family have a better place to, you know, stay and stuff like that. Do you have anything that you want to add, Juan? Uh, just that, uh, just to, you know, like um, highlight what you mentioned that um, homeless, it doesn't have to be necessarily, you know, in shelter. You can be doubling up with someone or, you know, in other conditions or housing instability where you're paying so much on rent is a, it's temporary. Uh, some, somewhere or another one, we all have experienced that, you know, where, you know, first, uh, you know, um, facing housing stability, but housing stability also has to do with um, um, lack of income, lack of resources, right? So there are other, also other ways to advocate for housing stability. Um, like recently, the minimum wage was increased, wasn't that much. Um, advocate for also, you know, make sure that, you know, SNAP benefits, school benefits, all those income supports that helps a family, you know, keep more of their income with them is possible. So they are able to pay their portion of rent and also, you know, continue to grow, you know, economically uh, moving forward. So again, if you have CDFEBS, make sure you that you um, submit and renew ahead of time. Um, and also always have paperwork ready, um, you know, pay stubs, IDs. Those are very important because when you, when it's time to apply, a lot many times you will need them uh, for you know uh, for approval. So if a person wants to get involved to be an advocate, on um, whether you're homeless or not, because it doesn't matter if you went through it. If your person feels empathy and would love to help the cause of homelessness and changing that on um, the narrative even for it. And maybe maybe people know that it's not because somebody's lazy. I always say lazy guy, I feel like that's the most popular one. But um people have on hard times. What can they do to be a part of um this fight against homelessness? Sure. They can follow um the podcast. You can follow you, you know, on, on social media. They can follow uh, advocacy organizations like Citizens Committee for Children online, uh, on Twitter. Uh, there are other advocates as well, the WIN, um, New Destiny, you know, Coalition for the Homeless, their websites, because usually they provide statements, uh, they provide uh, fact sheets, um, right. stay connected with the city council news. Um, there are some, uh, there's more media city limits that provide, you know, uh, news reports on housing. Uh, right. Because I think the best way for advocates is yes to advocate to attend city uh, city hall hearings, attend town hall meetings, know who your who's your representative, right? Know right. make sure who's your council member, who's your senator, state senator, or your assembly member. Make sure you know their names, their contact, because those oftentimes when you go to your office and you know express your concerns, they'll bring it. I've heard story, you know, I've heard times where uh, elected officials bring. They don't give the names, but they'll tell, you know, an example of one of their constituents, what's happening. And this raises, you know, awareness, um, right. and, you know, and, and make changes. So stay informed, educated. Um, and I think that's the best way to um, advocate for you and for the rest of the population. Thank you. Thank you again for being a guest on our podcast. If you have anything else that you would like to ask us, um, I definitely, if I don't know the answer for City Peps, I come to Juan because I know he has the answers for me. And if I know if he, he, for some reason, he doesn't know it, he'll go ask somebody else to help me out. Um, I do not know everything, 
But anything I don't know, I will ask somebody who knows more information about it. I can only but do but so much, right? But um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. Follow us on all our social media platforms. Everything will be down below. Also, don't forget about the resource packet. And we'll see you next time, guys. Thank you for listening. Bye.